Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to another episode of FCN's podcast, the Financial Coaches Network. Emily, what are we talking about today? Today, we are going to talk about, surprise, we're talking about how do you find a virtual assistant or a VA? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, where do you want to start with that? So how do you find one, not mm. when should I hire one? So I just want to make Ooh. sure and the question. So my first question then is, how do I know what tasks I should give to the VA? So this, I, I have an exercise that I do with my clients for business coaching and business consulting, and we do it quite often. <laughs> so, and so you're used to this question. <laughs> yeah, I'm very used to this question. Okay. <laughs> so what we want to do is we want to kind of list off all the tasks that you have, right? And we want to list them into four quadrants, right? Or divide them into uh, answer two questions based on each task. And so the first question is, is this something that gives me energy or is this something that takes energy away? Is this something I enjoy doing or is this something that I do, right? That I have right. to do, right? The second question is, how good am I at it? How good is this, am I at doing this thing? Right. Things that you don't enjoy doing and that you're not very good at are the first things to get delegated. Right. <laughs> they provide no benefit to you whatsoever. Right. Things that you really enjoy doing and you're good at. Well, actually all of them, but the things that you really enjoy doing and that you're good at and things that you really enjoy doing and you're not good at, you kind of have a second layer question that you have to think about. So for the other three categories, you have to think, how important is this to my business? Okay. If I'm really good at doing something and it's really important to the success of my business and I hate it, that's one of the things you maybe just need to suck it up, right? And, and not delegate it. And maybe rethink the business that you're in. Right. Well, that's, no, that you can have a wonderful business and just not enjoy doing certain things. Certain parts of it. True, yeah. true. But you want to make sure that there are things you're going to have to do. And that's how you determine them. I don't like doing it, but I'm good at it. And it's really important, right? So that's probably going to be, that's something you don't want to delegate. Similarly, if, if there's something that you're not very good at, but you love doing, you have to ask that question, how important is it to my business? <laughs> And if it's really important to your business and you're not good at it, it doesn't matter how much you love it, you need to find a way to delegate it. Or could right. you potentially a VA, right? Could you potentially get some training to make you better at it if it's something you love doing? 
you can, but then you have to balance, is this something that is worth getting that training in, right? right? That training is going to take your focus away from other aspects of your business. That training is going to cost you time that could have been spent and money, but time especially that could have been spent on other aspects of your business. And so you want to be very careful about defaulting to, oh, I'll just get trained in how to do this, right? You really need to think about, is this something that 20 years from now, 10 years from now, I'm still the one that should be doing this? And if the answer is no, it doesn't make a lot of sense to spend a lot of time getting trained on something that you're going to keep in your business for two years and then delegate it. If it's important and you're not good at doing it, delegated earlier so you can spend more time on the more important stuff. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Menial tasks are the first things, right? I mean, that's really what it is. Things that take up a lot of your time are really important. Um, And that's the other mechanism that I use when I, to, to figure this out with clients. So there's actually a bunch of different mechanisms that I use, but these are the two most common ones. And that is we sit down and, I ask them, I want you to track all the time that you spend in your business, what you did, right? So for a week or two, I tell them for a month, but a week or two is all anyone has time for and anyone has the stomach (laughs) for. Uh, Just literally sit down and say, I spent this amount of time doing this. I spent this amount of time doing this. And we look for the things that are big time sucks, right? The things that are, especially things that aren't moving the business forward in any significant way, but they're taking up an enormous amount of time. And again, handing it off to an assistant is that other big factor. So those are the two main mechanisms or the most commonly used mechanisms that I do with clients, meaning this isn't a one and done. Oftentimes we're looking at this sometimes on an annual basis for some clients, right? I've really looked at it. change. Right. And time. It will change. It should change. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we use VAs for financial coaches network and we're constantly coming up with new ideas of things that we could have them help us with. Yeah. That is the one thing that Garrett grew a lot when we founded financial coaches network, because his default was always, okay, so I can get this done and I can do this and I can do this. And my default was always explain to me why the VAs can't do it. Right. Yeah. And, but that comes from that idea of feeling that DIY personality. (laughs) Right. And it's really important that you know when that DIY personality is not serving you well. Yeah. You walk into someone's backyard and look at their brick wall. It's real obvious when they did a DIY brick wall. (laughs) (laughs) Often, often. I know when I do, when I do my own tile work, uh, I can see my flaws, but most people can't see them, (laughs) but you're right. You can usually spot it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So let's say I've listed that. It sounds great. You mentioned, you know, having, asking that question and what can we pass on to the VAs? What can we have them help us with? It sounds wonderful, but what if you don't have a VA yet? So how do you go about even finding a VA? How do you create that first short list of who I want to interview? Yeah, that's a hard thing to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really a hard thing to do. So, you know, one of the things that I would always 
start with is asking other business owners if they have a VA that they work with, because their experience with them is generally going to be better than the general public. At the same time, there may be concerns over giving them information, so on and so forth, especially if those other businesses are competitors. You also want to make sure that the experience of the VA is actually relevant to what you're looking to do, right? If someone has a retail store, that experience is not going to be very helpful for your business. Yeah. I mean, you you said ask another business owner. I thought, well, what kind of business owner? Because I know I've seen in a lot of the military spouse groups, people asking for VAs, but their needs are completely different than what mine would be. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the other thing that you want to look at is, uh, or the other place you want to look is there may or may not be a good organizations out there of VAs. Financial planning has some good ones. Financial coaching, many right now, not a lot right now. So that can be helpful, but maybe problematic. But from a broader perspective, there are VA companies, temp agencies, right? Provide VAs and other things along those lines. Uh, you're going to pay more for it, but you don't have to do as much management. And that's a yeah. big deal, not having to do that management. And then the last component is looking at, at local colleges. Hmm. Local colleges can be exceptionally helpful with regard to building out your, your VA pool, right? Or VA with a applicant pool is a better way of saying that simply because it's a lot of people who have some level of education. They aren't looking for a long-term multi-year career. So two, three, four years may, it may be perfect for what you're needing until you kind of move up to the next level of what you need, right? You know, theoretically, you may need a VA for a period of time and then someone to help you with sales, right? And so- your needs may, may change over time. Uh, another big thing that's uh, helpful with the local colleges is that their degree gives you some idea of what additional things they're going to learn about. And so that might give that you some idea about what additional things they could help you with as they grow with your business over time. Right? That's correct. So they have some ideas then to help yeah. you. Both of my paraplanners, not really a VA, but similar type of environment, right? Both of my paraplanners are studying um, at the uh, one of the two top uh, financial planning schools. One of them is getting their master's in financial planning and preparing to sit for the CFP. And the other one is getting her doctorate in mm-hmm. financial planning and preparing to sit for the CFP, right? That's cool. So, Very knowledgeable then. Yeah. So the education can be really, really helpful. So that actually you brought up a question from a, a specific question that we had from somebody in the group that I concluded some of some questions that you just brought up. So I'm going to read you the, the comment and then I'll read the questions that I came up with. So she said, I'm older and did not grow up with technology that we have today. She needs to do websites and Canva, Facebook ads, that kind of thing. But okay. she doesn't want to have to do that kind of work. She can generally hold her own if she wants to, but she just doesn't want to. It takes too much time just to get to that level of proficiency and doesn't really want to do it. So she said, I can hire somebody, for example, on like Fiverr or Upwork. And then she said, it feels like it takes a ton of time just finding somebody. 
how do I get help with this stuff? And so my question kind of came, became, do I hire different VAs for different jobs? Do I hire one VA for all of it? Or do I kind of go into that team, that idea of an agency? Like, how do you decide what's right for you? Yeah. So let's start with, is this a discrete need or is this an ongoing need? Right. Is this a project or a process? Right. Right. If it's a, I need to build a website, don't hire a VA to do that. Right. Wouldn't even recommend going on Fiverr. Right. (laughs) Um, Find a company that does that company that has a process where even if you're going to be doing some of the pieces yourself, which you are, you're going to have to write certain things. Right. But find one that has a process where you are given Hey, follow this process, do these steps, and you will have the website by the end of it. Because otherwise, what you're doing is you are managing that other person. Right. Right. Um, and so that that those types of things where it's like, I've, I'm going to do this one-time thing and then I'm done with it. Yeah, it's a lot of time figuring out who's the right person and interviewing them and talking with them and then getting that sort of managerial rep, rapport. Right. With the person, by the time you hit your stride, the project's done. And now you have to start all over again for the next project. Right. Um, Things that are more ongoing. That's where investing in the person, investing in the relationship, investing in the communication style, investing in finding the person where that's all going to be valuable. And so I would lean VAs more toward things that are more ongoing And I would lean toward paying a little extra for the projects, not to spend all that time, right? Because the extra you pay on that, that's time that you get back to be able to do other important things in your business, like finding clients and working with clients. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. So I would not do a bunch of random things. Yeah. And it's a great question because it's, it's kind of how we feel. A lot of us feel right. Like there's all this stuff and I know how to do some of it, but I don't really want to do it. And I don't know, even know where to start. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> so I think that's great to think about it discreetly that way. Okay. So what questions do you ask during your, how do you know what questions you should ask? Like, how do you come up with those? You could Google it, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. how do you so- truly get the right questions? I I mean, really what it comes down to is what do you want them to do, right? And so you kind of prioritize that list of things that you want to delegate. And you want to get an idea of their experience around those things. Um, You want to ask experiential questions and not theoretical questions, right? Right. Um, Theoretical questions are, are, what would you do? (laughs) <laughs> right. right. Like be a good, be a good interviewer. Think of those interviews you've had in your past. Exactly. exactly. Right? That's the, the questions that were, tell me about a time when. Yeah. Those are better questions. Yeah. And then the other thing that you want to do is you want to, um, you want to make sure that you have identified the characteristics that are important to what you need and make sure that you have characteristics around that. So there's the experience of the ability to do things. And then there's the characteristics of who the person is. Right. Um, 
And so that's, that's a really important thing. A lot of people have unrealistic expectations of the characteristics that they're going to be able to find. Right. Mm -hmm. So a great example of that is, and unrealistic expectations can come in, in a lot of different forms. Right. So a great example of that is they have unrealistic expectations and the idea of, I want someone who's really thorough who make sure that they check all the uh, all the details and it makes sure that we stay on task, right? That things get done when they need to get done. Okay. And then they pair that with my philosophy or my way of communicating with them is I have an idea and I shoot it out. And then I have the expectation that, that person gets working on it and gets it back to me quickly. Right. Those are mm-hmm. not compatible. Right. Right. You can totally want someone who has that thoroughness, et cetera, et cetera, and shoot ideas out. But it has to be I'm throwing this idea out here and I have no expectation that it's going to get started, not just done, not is not even going to get started anytime. I'm just getting it out of my head and bouncing into yours so that it's kind of watched. And then we can talk about it and figure it out later. Right. Um, you, you can't have the expectation of someone have being really, really thorough and send them an email on Friday morning and say, Hey, I need you to get this done by Monday afternoon. Right. right. Yeah. I know our, our VAs use, um, they use Trello to track projects. And I found that extremely helpful because we, we use it to uh, track everything. I think they use it for all their clients, but they, yeah, everything that we put in there is. Hey, we're just testing this out, like the testing out thing. Can you create this for us and let's see how it comes out and then we'll see what happens. And there's no expectations as far as timing because we're just kind of creating and having fun. But there are things we do have deadlines and we're very clear what those deadlines are. So I know communication was another thing we was going to talk about, but you kind of touched on it here and how important that is and having a regular communication channel set up. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. do have one one final question I would like to ask. I know we're running out of time here. So if I have the VA work with client information, <laughs> should okay. I have them should I have them sign some kind of a legal document, like a non-disclosure, or does it depend on what kind of information they have access to? What where should I should where should I steer clear of what they have access to? Um, so I would be very, very careful of anyone who has access to client information. I'm not saying not what kind of what kind of client information are we talking about? Like their name even? If if they have access to so the sensitive information. So let's define what sensitive information is. (laughs) Sensitive information is uh, a personal identifier paired with a non-public piece of information. Okay. Email personal identifier, social security number, both personal identifier and non-public information, right? Their name, personal identifier. Okay. Since non-public information, uh, how much money is in their checking account? How much debt they have? What is the interest rate on their debt? Where their bank account is, what bank they bank with, (laughs) right? All non-public information, right? So you got to be very careful then. Yeah. So if you can't do a Google search and find the information out, it's non-public. Yeah. Right. And so the, and I'm not saying that Google would have it, but 
you know, people's addresses, their home, who owns their house is public information, right? As an example. Um, so you have to be, so anytime you have sensitive information, you want to be very careful about who you disclose it to, right? Yeah. Um, in that case, yes, you need to have an agreement with them. And that agreement needs to be reviewed by an attorney because you need to have not just um, non-disclosures, but you also sh probably should have intellectual property protection clauses and uh, you should probably have um, uh, non-compete clauses, right? Yeah, hadn't thought of those. <laughs> None of that can you download something off the internet? Right. Because they are all very, very specific to the laws of the state. Yeah. Right. Something that is perfectly legal in Georgia would invalidate the entire contract in California. <laughs> right. 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 And so you, that's not something you, you just download. Right. Um, it's not to say you can't hire a VA before you can afford an attorney to do a contract. Just don't let them have client data until you have the right. money to hire the attorney for that. Keep it simple to start. Yep. And there's I'm sure there's plenty of work that you could, you could give to a VA. I will tell you, it is not uncommon. I wouldn't say it's the majority, but it's not uncommon for clients to be hesitant to hire an assistant sometimes because it feels a little bougie, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I have never had a client where once they have hired them, they weren't looking for more things to give them. And it's <laughs> yes. not because they're lazy. It's because they're realizing as they hand off these tasks, their business is growing faster and faster and faster because they are spending money investing back in the business, which allows them to spend time investing into things that are more important. Yeah. And I can attest to that for sure being coming on board with financial coaches network and not having worked with VAs before and being hesitant, very hesitant at first working with who. And, and now, I mean, you heard it in the meeting today. So I think we could probably give this to the VAs. Yeah. So yeah. it's um yeah, it's, it's great. It's wonderful to have somebody that you can, you can have help you with it. And, and things that you don't know how to do. Like they're the ones we work with are experts in Kajabi. And so if we don't know how to do something, it's, Hey, can you figure out how to do this for us? And usually they can figure it out. That's really nice. Yeah. And for those of you who are still not sure, is it, you know, would it be worthwhile? You know, for, you know, when your business is two months old, it's not worthwhile, right? No. Uh, yeah. There's better ways to invest in getting help, right? That's kind of what launch is for. But <laughs> your business is, once your business gets to a certain stage, um, and we're not talking about a massive, massive scale, um, you're going to start to have this experience of, oh, that's a great idea. I should do that someday. And then when I have more time, right? And then, because it's not quite important enough to prioritize right now, but it is a great idea. And those things never get done, right? Yeah. And a year later, like, oh, I remember I thought about that before. I, I'm definitely going to do that when I have time this year, right? Right. And having someone who can either A, handle those things for you, or B, take off some of the time that you have that you're spending on so that you can get to those things. To just think about all those ideas that you haven't had time for. And if you had been able to implement all of them, how much better your business would have been. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> Hence why I wanted to ask this question. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, any other well, Thank you. That's that's it for me. We don't have any questions from uh, the community here. So All right. I think that's it. See you all next week. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.